Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join Martin, Dave, Spencer and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. So welcome to another T2 Hubcast. It's me, Martin Johnson. Me, Spencer Locker. Spence. We're back in the Hubcast room. Sun's shining, sky's blue. It's been some time. It has. We've been busy with playbooks, which mm. is the new feature on the T2 Hub. Yeah. We've been busy delivering. Dave's out in Costa Rica at the minute. You're about to fly to... Kuala Lumpur. Kuala Lumpur. Yeah. Um, so we're going international yeah. at T2. Oh, I... And because it's been crazy <clears throat> with all of this, we've just not had chance to jump in for a, probably a week. So it's Friday and we've decided uh, to jump in and we've been debating something recently, which we're going to um, we're gonna focus on for this Hubcast, which is around the physical health in the workplace um, topic that we mm. have on the Hub under yeah. well-being. And I think what it is, Spence, is we talk about well-being a lot and mental health gets the limelight. Mental health yeah. at the minute is get is is talked about under well-being and rightly so. <clears throat> um, but then we don't often as much talk about physical health, yeah, which go hand in hand and you know is Have equally important. On each other. Yeah, absolutely. Very much so, yeah. So we've written a lot of stuff on the on the hub in terms of pathways and tips for physical health. We've talked about the science a little bit around why you know uh, improving your physical health helps mood and productivity and performance yeah um but we talk to a lot of people and they say martin it's all well and good but i live a life where i work long hours i have children i'm absolutely shattered at the end of the day i can't afford a gym Mm. you know i food prices are beyond a joke so eating healthily costs more yeah um so i struggle and and it's a valid comment. Yeah. And but it's not an excuse. No. And therefore, no. what we have to come back to or come back to that with is a response. And and the response for me is okay, you just mentioned gym, you mentioned long hours, you mentioned kids, you mentioned the price of food, etc., price of eating healthy. Hmm. Um, let's strip this right back to something as simple as mobility versus immobility. Immobile. Is that right? Immobility? Immobility is good. I'm, I'm, or I'm mobile versus immobile. Yeah, yeah. Now, okay. Now, the reason I want to talk about this, because it's not about joining a gym at £80 a month. It's not yeah. about doing extreme marathons on a weekend. Yeah. It's not about exercising for two hours on an evening. It's about across a working week and across 24 hours in a day, how mobile are you versus being immobile? Yeah. Whether it's at work or at home or a mixture of both. Some jobs, as we know, are more active than others. Mm. You know, tradespeople, bricklayers, plumbers, joiners are on their feet, moving around, up ladders, down ladders, carrying things all day long. Yeah. If you're an operative in a factory, you're probably getting your steps in and doing a lot of manual physical labor. Um, you know, and there's a various other jobs, whether you're in sport or you're a PE teacher or whatever it might be, or you work on the wards of a 12-hour shift down at the NHS and you, you know, there's lots of man, sort of manual, physical, mobile jobs. But yeah. there's also lots of immobile jobs, Yeah, like what me and you do, Spence. Mm, I mean, when we're right. delivering on our feet, yeah. we're, we're, we're pretty active. But when we're sat creating content or... <clears throat> 
doing yeah. what we do on a daily basis. We're sat in the office. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you're an accountant, if your job is primarily office-based, mm. if you're a software developer, if you're a truck driver, all of these jobs could be classed as immobile. And before I bring you in on your first thoughts on this, Spence, mm. let me just give you the definition of why I'm using the words mobile and immobile. Mm. To be immobile, it says you are either not moving or not able to move. That's yeah. a critical thing for me because not moving means it's your choice. Yeah. Laziness. Mm. I'm not moving because I want to sit at home and have a can, can of beer in my Pringles. Yeah. <clears throat> not able to move means I'm sat in my lorry driving six hours up to Scotland and I can't move. Or... It could be a, sort of a physical disability. Yeah, could be in a wheelchair, yeah. or you could struggle. Yeah, with your mobility. Mm. Um, so, so that's what I want to talk about because when we give, when we talk to to people in the workplace, and this is what this is designed to do, and the hub is designed to do. We're cha- challenging workforces to understand that all of this physical health, mental health, social and relationships, it all goes into the pot in terms of being productive and fulfilled. Yeah. So let's where, where do you what's your first thoughts on this i'm thinking i'm trying to say it, it, it's not about the the you know extreme levels of fitness and joining gyms and eating clean and all this it's just about at a base level how immobile or mobile you are across a seven day working week um well it's, it's it's interesting we start talking about this the other day i was talking i was watching the news and they were talking about recommendations for physical exercise. And a couple of years ago, or a fair few years ago, uh, they were talking about 20 to 30 minutes exercise three times a week, um, where your heart rate goes above a certain point. You sort of, so you're pushing yourself a little bit. Uh, and straight away, people are sort of thinking to themselves, well, how am I going to do that? <laughs> um, usually, I mean, generally speaking, you've got, we know when we start talking about unconscious motivators, you've got lots and lots of different motivators. Some of those motivators will be um, people uh, w- will lend themselves to people who are more um, self-motivated, focused. This means something to them. It's important for them to maintain a certain amount of physical fitness, whether it's just for their own self-involvement or whether it's from a competitive perspective whatever it is. But there are other people out there that don't. Mm. Um, and it's important. I think it's important for those people who, who aren't like that to understand that any physical activity is better than nothing. And when we start talking about physical activity, this is what this is what this government governmental um, research project was on about. Yeah, okay, we said 20, 30 minutes, three times a week, but actually anything is better than nothing. And I think it's it's just having our T2 tips because we've put T2 tips together about stuff like this, um, about finding these gaps, get these spaces, these opportunities mm. and, and grabbing them, yeah, uh, making the most of them. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> and that's why I like the terms mobility or mobile and immobile. Mm. Um, and that's why I'm a bit of a fan of the old, um, you know, the Fitbits and the stepometers and the, these devices now, these wearables that record your steps and they, they sync to your mobile phone. Now, some people say to me, yeah, but Martin, you know, they're, they're unreliable because you could be moving, you know, you could be sat down doing hand signals and it's recording steps. Right, listen, on average, what it does is it gives you an indication of how mobile you have been that day or not. But very interestingly, um, there's research out there that says that people who actually invest in Fitbits, mood beams, column, uh, whatever we've got. If you actually get the pedometer bit, 
then people who do that are 27% will do 27% more exercise than they did before. They exactly. And that is a stat because you're wearing it. You're looking forward to seeing your data at the end of the day. Yeah. So you think, Oh, I'll walk, I'll walk up the stairs today. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'll walk across from my lunch. Got to get my steps yeah, in. Got to get my steps in. And it's, and it's things, little things like that, that are encouraging. And if you strip it back to the stuff we do in psychology, you know, we're, we're, a, we're an animal. We're human beings. We're an animal. We were, we, when we first evolved and, and started to evolve more as Homo sapiens, we, we used to, you know, early human, early man used to crawl around on four, all fours. We were mm. like animals, but then upright man sort of evolved and upright yeah. man was, we used to come onto our back legs. So we Homo could, erectus. Yeah. So we yeah. could, it was Homo erectus. So we could, we could see further into the distance for threats. Mm. And that we, we also found is we could reach up for berries and stuff like this. And then when we started being upright man, we realized that we could travel on two legs and that's where running mm. started coming from. So we're, we're sort of, we've evolved to do this, to live by mobility and, um, and but we've come full circle, mm. and arguably we're less mobile than ever these days. We've and still got to reach up for the Pringles, mind exactly. We've still got to reach. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, <coughs> and you know, some of the science behind it, as we know now with neuroscience, is that when we move, when we're mobile, mm. when we exercise, we release endorphins and other neurotransmitters. Yeah. Mm. And you know, endorphins are very good for the body; they repair the body. They give us what we need. Um, but we also release dopamine, uh, serotonin, and these chemicals play an important role in regulating our mood. Yeah. So without laboring the point, because you could read a thousand blogs on this, mm. there is a direct correlation between being mobile mm. and doing what we're supposed to be doing, which is yeah. moving and burning calories and, you know, stri striking up our metabolism and actually having uh, uh, an increased mental state yeah. and, and mood and productivity. So it goes hand in hand. And what I want to just sort of make the point of now, Spence, if anybody listens to this and you've got an active job, sometimes your opportunity is then not to go to the gym and do two hours on a night. You've probably done. You've been mobile all day. Yours is more yeah. about maybe rest. Yeah. Whereas actually for some of us who sit down for seven, eight hours at a time at a desk, hunched over a PC or driving a truck, or whatever it might be, we've got to consciously be find a way to be mobile, either during the working day or on an evening, and we've got to commit to it more than others. Yeah. So first question to ask yourself, listen to this, Spence, is mm. primarily your working week, are you mobile or immobile? For me, uh, on to the casual observer, it might be immobile, but um, again, when I've been put when when we've been working together and putting these uh Pathways together, uh, the recommendations that we've been, we've been using. It's I, I've learned so much. Yeah, um, there's stuff that I knew anyway. Don't get me wrong. This it, it's not as if I was new to this, uh, but things like the sort of 57 minute, well, 52 minutes. Mm. Was it 52 minutes? 57? I can't remember. 52 minutes, 17 minute break. So theoretically. I say theoretically, it's been proven in studies. When you sat at a desk, when you're doing um, sedentary duties, when you're immobile, um, the pre the peak performance period is 52 minutes. After that, you start becoming properly mobile. Which is why you wrote in a paper around every 52 minutes, or let's say yeah. an hour, right? Yeah. Let, yeah. Every hour, 
during the, the working day, yeah. you need to try and have a break for around 17, 17 minutes. to 20 minutes. People yeah. will be laughing at this going, if I have a break for 17 minutes every hour and tell, tell my boss that Spencer Locker at T2 said, it's okay. And actually you'll get more out of me, you know, but there, there is a salient yeah. point on there. And we're not even just saying it has to be 17 minutes every hour. Yeah. But what we're saying is ideally that would be the case from a neuroscience and performance perspective. Yeah. But it explains why people are not able to perform at their peak because they have one 15-minute break mid-morning, yeah. half an hour for lunch, and and maybe nothing for the rest of the afternoon. If you're lucky, some people yeah. don't have mid-morning breaks. No. Some people have 30 minutes for your lunch, and that's it. Exactly. But when we start saying breaks, we're not sort of saying for you, you work for an hour and then you go for a vape or whatever. <laughs> what we're saying is... You change what you're doing. You change. You become so mobile. You, yeah. you, so, if, so that might be a case of, you know what? I know we're running out of paper for, for the photocopier. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to walk down the other end of the building, pick up a, a, a box of paper and bring it back. Hmm. So you've not. So you've broken that that situation yeah. where you're, you're immobile. You're exercising. Yeah. Uh, and well, one of, one of the things I do now is, and this is a tip as well, call centre people tend to sit there all day long. Yeah. Because they've got a headset on and they're, they're, they're speaking on fixed telephony. Mm. Um, I try and take as many calls and dial into as many calls on my mobile, as you know. Mm. And whenever I'm on a call, yeah. I, as frustrating as it is for you a lot sometimes, I walk around the office on yeah. the call or yeah. I or I go into the training room or the meeting room. Yeah. And as I'm on a 20 minute call, I'm walking around. Yeah. A, because then I'm being mobile. Mm. And B, because I, I feel that I can project and have enthusiasm and in the call more when yeah. I'm stood up rather than sat down hunched over. Yeah. Um, so there's all sorts of hacks that yeah. you can try in the workplace. To be, if you're an, if you're in a, gen, a generally immobile job, hmm. your task throughout the day is to get mobile. Yeah. Do you know what? Um, just just I'm going to mention this guy. He's just I've just bought his book. Uh, it's called Dan Fallon, ex Royal Navy PT. A uh, good mate of mine, and um, he's doing some great things uh, in the community and getting dads. His main thing is he's the Super U project. He gets dads uh, mobile and, and in their busy schedules, you know. And and he's a massive believer. He said to me, he's a massive believer in the misconception of what fitness is and what needs to be done, yeah. and the time that needs to be dedicated to it to to make significant improvements in your in your mood, but in also in your physical appearance. And he's like a fan of the power walk mm. and he's like don't be running 10k every night of the week or 5k if you do do a three to 5k power walk it is enough to raise your heart rate mm. to burn off fat content fat calories and to make a significant difference and do you yeah. know what a 3k power walk or a, or a miles power walk mm. to most people is more achievable than like you said, three 25, 30-minute runs a week. Yeah. So what he's trying to say is you don't have to do as much as you think, and the more it becomes achievable and digestible, the more likely people are able to do it. Yeah. He's a great guy, is Dan Fallon, and he challenges a lot and he and he provokes a lot, but I sort of like that. I'm going to read his book and see what it's like. Mm. Um, but this is the point. It's about mobility. Yeah. It's about movement. It's about finding spaces in the day where you can just take advantage of that opportunity because yeah. it will benefit you both physically and mentally tenfold. Yeah. Mm. Natural light's another one. Yeah. Nature, natural light. If you work in a, we've been to some office spaces, haven't we, Spence, where there is no natural light? Yeah, it's like a cellar. 
and, and you know, certain people can't get away from this. If you live, if you work on a chemical site with mm. blast-proof build, buildings, yeah. or if you work in a, an NHS building where some of the wards are in the in the middle yeah. of the building, mm. and you've got not very, you've got that what's it that lighting that fluorescent, stro- fluorescent, fluorescent light. strobe yeah. lighting, yeah. Yeah. but but natural sunlight and nature mm. um, improves mood, and even rather than eat your lunch at your desk, it's like I. I could probably I don't have to walk to nibble every day across the river in in the fresh air in the rain wind whatever it might be and get my lunch done. I could order it in mm. or I could ask one of you lot to do a turn. Yeah. But I insist on going every single day because it's my 10 minutes that I get out in the sun. Mm. I look out over nature over the river. I walk across from a sandwich and it just breaks my day up. Yeah. And it's really important. Very much we so. get caught up in eating lunch at our desks and stuff. Yeah, but the, again, it's, it's the exercise itself. I mean, as you're moving through nature and you're moving your body, uh, you're raising your heart rate, you're oxygenating your blood. That bl- oxygenated blood's going around your brain. It makes you more able to concentrate. It gives you more ideas. It makes you more switched on mm. rather than just sat there, death by computer screen. So, so, so far, Spence. In summary, I'm a mm. fan of the pedometers and the yeah. and the step counters. I'm a fan of Fitbits. I'm a fan yeah. of anything that can give you an idea of your mobility throughout the day. Yeah, I'm not saying it's accurate, and I'm not saying that it's the answer to everything. But um, if too many days in a row mm. you're you're looking at your data and you are immobile, yeah. then it's time to make a change. Mm. Um, there's two types of people we see in the workplace. You will either have a, a naturally mobile job. Mm. You know, you might be a personal trainer or a firefighter or, you know, a tradesman or whatever it might be. And you're naturally being mobile, which is great. Yeah. Or you will have a job that is immobile Mm. primarily. You're sat at a desk, you're sat in a cab, you're whatever you're doing. So if you are in an immobile job, then you're the people who have to have the motivation Mm. and offer the level of commitment more than others to becoming mobile, Mm. both at work and in your personal life. Yeah. Whether it's that power walk on an evening, I mean, I've, the amount of people I've met who said I bought a dog. Why? Because I need to get out on a night and walk the dog. It gives me a reason. Yeah, I've got no choice but to walk the dog. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but five nights a week, seven nights a week, yeah. a kilometer and a half walking mm. the dog. There's ten kilometers a week you wasn't getting before. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I know a guy who uh, decided he didn't want a dog. <laughs> he did. He wasn't a fan of walking. Um, I don't think he liked weather in general, uh, whether it would be good or bad. Uh, but what he did, uh, he took a bit of con- cajoling. But what he did was he did ad break exercise. So he'd sit there watching TV, and when the ad break came on, he'd do five minutes exercise all for, yeah. until the ad break finished. So it wasn't a massive amount of exercise. He was maybe doing press-ups. So an hour-long program, you've got three ad breaks. One ad break, he was doing press-ups. One ad break, he was doing sit-ups. One ad break, he was doing star jumps. And he was saying, look, I'll, I'll go in the kitchen, flick the kettle on, and then I'll do exercise until the kettle boils. Little bits yeah, like that, yeah. just, just squeezing. Are you still allowed to have a glass of wine on the <clears> go in between? I think that's the whole point. I think he was offsetting that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it is true. I, I put a bar up in our uh, garage every time I walk past it. I get up and do ten chins. You yeah. know, it is. It's just, it's just that opportunity opportunities throughout the day to become mobile. So it doesn't have yeah. to be a big extreme block of exercise like we traditionally are used to. Yeah, you know, I will go to the gym from five till seven. I'll do a load of stuff. Well, 
most people don't, but I do a lot of stuff and that's that's me. It doesn't have to be like that. And that's why I like Dan Fallon's work because he's challenging that theory and saying, hang on a second, you know, there are plenty of windows throughout the day to do enough to make a difference. Yes. Uh, even with whilst being a busy dad or a busy mum mm. or professional or whatever it might be. Mm. So, um, yeah, I just want people to start thinking about it. If you're in an immobile job, uh, what can you do? So before we, we finish up, Spence, yeah. you've written some stuff in, in Pathways and Papers. Yeah. Some of your hacks that you've come up with, I mean, I know these, some might be repeated, some have been heard before, but what can we do to consciously challenge ourselves just to get mobile throughout the day if we've got an immobile job? Uh, it's, it's Basically, I think it, it's just taking those opportunities. Like we've said, it's like... Um, Taking the, walk, taking the stairs rather than the elevator. Yeah, stairs rather than elevator. Yeah. Walk on conference calls yeah. or stand up at Standing your... Standing up, yeah. Even if you're fixed with a headset on, stand up for a call. Yeah. Don't sit down. Just stand up and move around a few steps to the right, mm. to the left. Moving your arms around, you know, just yeah. getting, changing your posture, breaking your posture. That's what it's a, about sometimes. There was a study back in the 1950s on bus drivers and conductors because back in the old days, boys and girls, um, they used to be separate. So you'd have the bloke driving the bus and you'd have the bloke walking up and down collecting the fares. And the um, the bloke who uh, was doing the driving uh, was something like twice as twice as likely to have a heart attack as the guy who was walking up and down. And they put it down to the fact that the guy who's walking up and down and going up to the top deck is exercising more. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the bloke who's driving is just sat there. However, then they started introducing these clench exercises. Yeah. I'll leave that to your imagination. <laughs> but but that's the thing. It's, it's little things. We, we said, again, this morning, Dave Brailsford was on... Um, on the news, apparently he's uh, he's suffering from cancer. I don't oh, know right, I didn't know that. that. No, um, but again, marginal gains. These little. I know we're talking about one percent here and half percent here and things, but we can trans we can transpose that over the day. Just do a little bit. Yeah. If we're if we're actually commuting on the bus or on the train, why not either get off the bus or the well, maybe not the train. Get off the bus a step a stop earlier or a stop later. So that means you've got to walk further to get home. Yeah. And it's just, it doesn't have to be far. You, you could easily, what you're saying is you could easily create two or three opportunities a day to yeah. get more mobile. Yeah. And um, yeah, if you're one of those who are eating, you're taking your packed lunch and you're eating your lunch at your desk all day, mm. every day, then change it up. Go and take your lunch out 200 yards yeah, you know, on the bench or get out into the sunlight or into the, I mean, it's it's hard in England because we, we don't have we don't have much yeah. But the point being is two or three changes. The earlier bus stop, you yeah. take the stairs, not the elevator. Yeah. You stand up on every call yeah. and you have your lunch outside. And there's already four things that has made you more mobile. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Think about it. Think it does matter. You might think, oh, well, it's only little gains here and there. And is it really going to make a difference? Well, over the long period, yes. Over a month, over a quarter, yeah. yes, it is. Um and that's what we've got to do because we're entering a world in the digital industrial revolution over the next with with AI and robotics mm. over the next 20, 30 years where a lot of jobs are fast becoming immobile. Mm. They are. Yeah. And more than ever, more than it ever used to be. Oh, and yeah. therefore, we've just got to acknowledge this and change our pattern slightly. Yes. Awesome. Anything else, Spence? Um, I just if you ever if you ever get into that situation where you think to yourself, what's the point? I always seem to think about that film Wally. Have you seen Wally? Yeah, yeah. Great film. Where they're all where they're all sort of in the spaceship on those 
on those those movable right. that, yeah, oh, yeah the little the little wheelchair hover wheelchair yeah. things totally immobile yeah. because everything's done for them yeah and you just think to yourself I mean I know that's a little bit of an extreme sort of thought but it's a motivational thing I don't want to be like that no no um, and and if, if when you start talking about improving health the little things just just doing making tiny little changes and they'll all build up over my, time my favorite time of the week at the minute is Saturday morning, 10 till 11 a.m. Yeah. And the reason it's fast become my favorite time of the week is because I, as you know, I coach my five-year-old's rugby team. Yeah. And I played rugby from being a young age and it's always put me in good stead. But when you think about the modern day child, yeah, um, they're consumed by computers and devices and mm. Netflix and they've got every reason from an environmental perspective to not move, right? Yeah. Whereas we mm. didn't have that. And you know what? My kids, don't get me wrong, you know, I, I let them watch Netflix and they have a limited time sometimes on the iPad, etc. And, you know, we can't ever fight it. It's the no. way it's going to be. Yeah. But before my son gets to the age where he wants to ask me for an Xbox or a PlayStation, which yeah. I know is coming, right? Yeah. yeah. But before he gets to that age... When I get him out in the garden all week and when I get him down the park 10 to 11 on a Saturday morning with his mates playing rugby, yeah. running all over, being out of breath, yeah. right? I watch and I smile because it's not a common thing. And I know that, you know, I hope he keeps it going, mm. you know, throughout his teenage life. But as he's going to get older, he's going to succumb more to the world that we're heading, fast heading towards, yeah. right? Um, and I, And we're not built for that. We're not yeah. primarily programmed for that. We might evolve. You never know. But we're not primarily built for that. So, um, yeah, it makes me smile and long may it continue. Yes. And the day you ask me for an Xbox, I'm going to, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm through gritted teeth. I'm going <laughs> to probably have to agree to getting one. But, um, yeah, I, I agree, mate. It's about yeah. mobility. It's not about doing excessive extreme amounts. It's not about joining expensive gyms. It's not about paying for personal trainers. It's not about dedicating four hours a day. It's about looking for opportunities where you can be more mobile yeah. than immobile. Yeah. Spencer Locker, love that. Cheers, um, Martin. I mentioned him on this. I'm going to send him the link, Dan Fallon. I'm going to yeah. try and get him. When he's next in Hull, I'll get him for a Hubcast. All right, yeah. Because I think he he could have some good opinions about people in the workplace now yeah. and the little things they could do. So, yeah, love that, Spence. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back shortly with another T2 Hubcast. Cheers, Spence. Cheers.